Hi everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show where our focus is your professional development. In this episode, if you were paid $50,000 to try something, what would you do? Literally, uh, you've probably heard the old cliche, you know, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And it's a pithy quote we often find on placards and gift shops. I actually have one. Uh, it's a little pottery disc hanging by our kitchen sink. And I do appreciate it, though in reality, we can always fail. So I came at it a different way and asked the Ziggler audience this question. If you were offered a $50,000 grant to try something growth oriented in your personal or professional life, what would it be? And the attempt is the same to remove reasons we have for not going after pursuits that we desire and to help unearth those desires, which is what happened for a lot of the people who commented for this show. Well, in episode 773, my guest was Jennifer Allwood, author of the book, Fear is Not the Boss of You. And I mentioned, I, th I think before multiple times that we received so much positive feedback on that episode, actually more than any other episode for quite a while. Well, I had Jennifer come back to talk through some of the, the wealth of dreams and aspirations that people shared in commenting to this post. Now they did in response to that concept, the idea, you know, what would I do if I had $50,000, but that's just an impetus to help take away some of the fear and the real and perceived obstacles, uh, such as money, which is a very real one. It's an incredible live coaching session with Jennifer is what we ended up with. And as you'll hear us discuss in the show, you can check out her large coaching platform, business coaching platform at creators innercircle.com. All right, well, I'm going to start with Jennifer and your comments right after I share some great products and services. Jennifer, thanks for being back here again. I wanted, you know, we got such a great response from uh, our first show together. And on this one, I just wanted to reach out and say, okay, if we took away, in this case, the fear, you know, that maybe somebody has in, in regards to finances, what would you do? I love some of these. I want to throw them at you and just get your response. Wonderful. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. Well, let me jump in here. Here's this is a neat one. This is literally the first one that came in from Mike. He says, I just want to thank you for your post. Uh, I know it was just a simple what if question, but it came at the perfect time for me today. The dream of having the ranch uh, I've always wanted has been lodged in my heart for years, but recently I've been struggling with the faith to believe it could ever come to pass. Uh, this post reminded me not to give up and remember God still has plans for what he birthed in me. Sometimes a simple question can be all someone needs to ignite hope again. How's that? I love that. I, I love that. Do too. And I love that he has a bigger purpose, a bigger vision. And, you know, with you working with so many people, I wonder, obviously, you know, we share a faith-based component here, but mm -hmm. just when somebody has a bigger picture, um, yes. it's got to be one of the primary motivators. Yeah, it does. And I, you know, I love that in the Bible, it talks about how God gives us the desires of our heart. And so I think sometimes we internally struggle with that a little bit. Um, like, well, why do I want the thing that I want? <laughs> Especially if it's not something that God has kind of prompted you with, or you feel like God's asking you to do. So let me give you an example, Kevin, you know, I just wrote a book, yep. it's not the boss of you. And I can remember years ago in working with a business coach and um, telling her that I wanted to write a book. And she was like, Oh, okay. And I instantly started giving her all these reasons why I wanted to write a book. Like for some reason, I felt like I needed to justify mm. something that literally um, I didn't necessarily have to justify like it's okay just to be like 
I just want to write a book. And it's okay for that person to just want to have a ranch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and so I think that it's, it's interesting how we feel the need for it to be a super spiritual thing. But I think that we serve a good God who's a good father who likes to give good gifts to his children. So to that person, I would say, if you, if you took the fear component out and you had the $50,000, like the ranch will either, it'll either succeed or it will fail. And if it fails, then you learn. And, and I think sometimes we forget about that. We just feel like if it fails and it's just done, but think about how many times like Dr. Seuss failed in putting his, you know, his book things out into the world. I was, um, I was in La Jolla on a family vacation, uh, recently and, um, and did you know Dr. Seuss has a house in La Jolla? No. <laughs> and we were out like we were doing the snorkeling thing, looking for sea turtles. And his house was up on the hill. And I remember just thinking about that, about how many times he was told no. Yeah. And thank goodness he kept going back and like trying the thing. And I'm sure it was not cheap either. And his time was valuable. And so I would just encourage that person to, um, if you could put aside fear and you had the capability to do it, I would hate for you to end up someday just always thinking what if what if yeah. like what would have happened if i had tried that what would have happened yeah and so i don't know if that's if that's a complete answer no i i love it and i appreciate what you said just on failure i just recorded a show for my other podcast a true life uh, podcast and talked about one of the greatest gifts i got from my parents was seeing them go after things and fail and recover. Mm -hmm. And we usually want to shield our kids from it. And yet I, I I now uh, for a long time, I've realized that's one of the greatest gifts that I got. Thank them so much for letting, for going after something and for letting me be privy to the hardship of it, because now I've just, I I have no problem with, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we forget that, okay, let's say he, he tries, you know, he has a ranch and it fails. Well, if he were to try that again, he would now do it in a different way. And Mm -hmm. he would also do it much quicker. He would also do it, you know, um, in a more strategic fashion that like, I think sometimes as we're building businesses, for instance, we think, well, if this fails, like, you know, that I'm just done for. And I think yeah. we forget that while it maybe took me 10 years to build this business, if all of this got wiped out from under me and it was a huge failure, I should be able to build the next business in a fraction of the time because of everything I've learned. And so, um, failure isn't the final answer. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, I like that. I like the investment. Yeah. My wife talks about that a lot. She says, cause I didn't go to college. She says, no, Kevin didn't go to college. He didn't take out any loans. He just did it by starting and, and, and failing in businesses. He spent just as much money probably, but that was his schooling. So, Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> I love that actually. Hey, here's one that was sent to me anonymously. And, okay. um, there's some, there's some pain in this one. Uh, she says it would give me a chance to rewrite the story of my life. A professionally, I I'd professionally redo a lot of the things in my business. I would focus on therapy as a domestic violence survival a survivor and single mother of three. Uh, with an older one with special needs, I still suffer from PTSD and depression, but I'm determined to clear away the cobwebs in my head. Uh, I do a lot of things to take care of myself, meditation and Pilates. I do my daily focus, but I'm shackled by student debt of $27,000 while helping my daughter who's in her second year of college. I'd love to provide scholarships for single mothers and fathers who want to pursue fitness certifications and pay it forward with a hands up, but I'm dying a slow death in law enforcement. I'm gasping for air. A $50,000 windfall would change the trajectory of my life and those of my children. I'd love to provide opportunities and connect the community for single parents and domestic violence survivals, survivors, uh, again, scholarships, resume guidance, hosting fundraisers, so many people that need help. Kevin, the list goes on. Uh, and then she reiterates again, $50,000 will completely change my life 
right now, but it's all in vain if not given back to others. Somebody who wants to serve, she's got a heart, she's in pain. And that, you know, again, that $50,000, and I wasn't trying to hold that up as the resource in and of itself, yeah. but say if we took away that issue, but we did have a lot of people respond and say, oh my gosh, just that much money would do it. But I want to, you know, I know you've got, you're going to hear that and hear other issues, other fears, yeah. other opportunities. Well, first I just think, oh, such big hugs to her. Like mm -hmm. that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a whole, whole lot. Um, I would also just as a coach really encourage her on dialing in on maybe one thing because there was a lot of different things there True. that she thought that she could do with the money. And and I know that you can't you can't do all the things, but we should be able to do like one thing. And you can't be everything to all people, but you can be something to some person. You know what I mean? So um, I would encourage her to really figure out what's the one thing that she really would want to do first or she feels the most compassionate about because there was a lot of different things in there. And also really encourage her to kind of watch her words. The part where she um, said she was dying a slow death, like words like that, like, you know, jump out to me like this because um, the, the power of life and death are in the tongue is what the Bible says. So I just really encourage her. She's a survivor. And yes. let me tell you something about survivors. Usually they are scrappy as the day is long. And I will bet, I have said this from day one, Kevin, I've always said, I will bet on an entrepreneur who is scrappy every single day of the week yeah. because she just doesn't let circumstances like be the determining factor that stops her. When you think of everything that particular woman has been through, and so she's used to finding ways to make things work mm -hmm. that it doesn't look like they should. And, um, and so for her, I would really just encourage her to try to figure out one place first that she would like to serve her community. And I also just want to make sure that she would use if you know, obviously the money isn't a real thing, but that she would use that money first to make sure that she's given herself oxygen first, kind of the analogy of like when you're on the plane and they tell you, you know, every time you go to take off the um, the airline person says, and if anything goes wrong, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first before yeah. you try to give it to everybody else that's with you. And I really want to, um, even though she's like sounding like she has such a giver's heart, um, part of her being able to give is making sure she's giving out of a place of wholeness and out of a place of healedness. And I'd want to make sure she's had her on her own oxygen mask and she's really um, spent and invested in herself to make sure she's healed and whole um, because she's good soil too. And like investing it in all these other people and trying to, you know, help other people. That's great. Also, um, it's fantastic. But I want to make sure she understands that she's good soil to invest in as well. And making sure that she's healed and whole is a good investment um, before she does anything else. Ah, oh, beautiful. Um, you know, and as we're talking about fear and talking about the emotions and stuff, I also I mean, you lead a lot of people in coaching. Um, you've got your on and just speak where that is the URL uh, for folks. Yeah. They can go to creators okay. and find out about my coaching group. But yeah, we've got 2000 women that I coach in small business every month. And, okay. um, and it's interesting because they join thinking that I'm going to teach them about social media and how to get more Facebook followers and how to get more people following them on Instagram, which I do. But the thing with business is the same thing. You know, that saying, Kevin, that abs are made in the kitchen. Yes. Never heard that saying <laughs> yes, I have. that um, somebody's, you know, physical physique or their physical health. It's like 80% what you eat, 20% what you put in at the gym. And I really think that when it comes to business, 80% of our business is actually mental. And it's in our mind. And 20% of it is the tactical. So people come into my coaching group wanting that 20% that's tactical. And I do give that to them. But what really makes the difference is the 80% that's more mindset and how to look at things in a different way and how to reframe things and how to do things even when you're scared. So that to me is more important than any you know Facebook ad strategy yeah. or 
or email sequence strategy will ever be. Well, and so I ask about that too, to have that hat on as we're talking here, that if you yeah. hear an opportunity or some resources, because some people, and I'm going to pull one out here, Saina, uh, Saina Betsy, she says, I would build guest houses in Kenya that can earn yearly salaries and be able to get 50 grand back in a span of two years and maintain the business. Now, when you talked about somebody scrappy and somebody with something behind just to qualify her in the 2016 Olympics, she took fifth in the 10,000 meters. Um, and I've had the privilege of having her at my home and, uh, she's a, a sweet, sweet girl. And I did not know this about her. So back and this would be her homeland in Kenya. That's something that she's looking to do $50,000 that I could invest there. I know there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of people who want to do things over there and, you know, sometimes ways to do these that we don't think of right offhand. Well, and that particular girl that you're talking about, um, as you were talking, I thought to myself, that girl's well-connected. She knows people. Um, and, and I don't know her at all. I don't know who you're talking about, but she knows people that know people that have resources that she doesn't. And so, um, as soon as she started talking, I was like, Oh, that girl could easily get $50,000 to do exactly what it is that she's wanting to do. If she would ask the right people, Hmm. because there's always people with money who, it doesn't matter what kind of an economy we're in. There are still people with money who are looking for ways to give and to give back. And so I really encourage her to um, tap into her resources and start asking the questions. Um, I don't know if, do you know who Stu McLaren is? Stu is my yeah. business coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So Stu um, runs a um, organization that builds schools. Isn't isn't it schools in Kenya? Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Sure yes. is. He and his wife. And yeah. he has a huge... Um, you know, thing every year where he does has fundraising and hundreds of thousands of dollars are raised to build schools over there. And so, um, and part of that is just knowing the right people, Kevin, knowing the people who have the resources to, uh, to fund the dream that you have. So that girl, she's got something on her that a lot of people don't. And I really encourage her to, um, to not look at that Facebook post you did as just a pipe dream, but I actually think she could have $50,000 to start her dream in a New York second if she asked the right people. That is great. I'll pass that along. I think she'll pass hear the show, but I'll, I'll also, I'll throw a note at Stu. I actually forgot about that. Um, yeah. And what a great resource for her. He could be. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I'll connect them. Thank you. Yeah. Well, here's another one. Uh, uh, Mike Smith, I would start a retreat style ranch that would include addictions, recovery, life skills, teaching, animal therapy, and wellness classes. I would also love it to be a connection with orphanages. And I ask him, so his money, is it the main hindrance? And he says, it's the one thing we are lacking. We already have our ministry in place that my wife and I started years ago and our certified wellness addiction uh, coaches, speakers, and have done numerous seminars on all of the above and even gave the URL. It's lifecarechristiancenter.org. So here's somebody, and I'm sure you hear this a lot where they feel like they got everything in place. All yeah. they're missing is that resource. What are yeah. your thoughts? I'm curious. Do you know if he's done any fundraising? I do not. Yeah. Know. So I encourage him to, um, to start some fundraising. And by the way, fundraising used to be a lot different than it is right now, Kevin. It used to just be, you would reach out to the people that you personally knew, right. you know, in your local community or whatever, but the internet has changed everything for everyone. And so if he doesn't have, um, like a Facebook business page, now I'm going a little, um, you mm-hmm. know, practical and tactile, but, sure. um, if he doesn't have some sort of a business page started for that organization that him and his wife are doing, I really suggest that he does that quickly yeah. because what it does is when you have a business page and you have a website, so he needs those two things. He needs a place for people to actually give money. You know what I mean? Where they could actually put in a debit card. Um, Because if you don't have those two things, it's impossible to get funds for something if you don't even have any way set up 
for the funds to be given to you. So I would suggest that he started talking to people, doing some fundraising, talking on his business page about the mission and, you know, what they're really wanting to do um, and actually start getting people to follow the page. They could be running Facebook ads towards Facebook Mm -hmm. pages that are dedicated to people who are healed from addictions. And um, I think he could be really surprised at how they could um, almost like a GoFundMe thing. You know, I'm not saying necessarily to do a GoFundMe, but I do think that um, so often we don't have the resources because we don't make the ask. Yeah. And, and I, I, I know people who have started different things before and they started it, they started the dream, they started the, you know, the group or the fund or whatever. And then it's, it's almost like they kind of sat and wait yeah. <laughs> and like, come on, Lord, come on, Lord, you know, make something happen. But the truth is that like, we have to do our part. Um, in terms of actually doing something, which means letting people know about um, the business that we're starting or the non-for-profit that we're starting or the addictions ranch that we're starting. We have to you know, be our own megaphone and, um, and make sure that people are finding out about us. Uh, you know, this is okay, so like for my coaching group, for instance, we run, we run Facebook ads. I don't rely on just people magically finding out about me as a business coach or about my business. We're running ads right now for my book, Fears Not the Boss of You. I'm not just hoping that different people will find out about it and they'll buy it. We're actually making that investment in, you know, marketing. And so if he's really serious about an addictions ranch, I would really strongly suggest he makes it look official. And maybe he has a Facebook business page. Maybe he has a website, but then, um, you know, running some ads, if he can doing some fundraising, especially right now, it'd be so fun to do a virtual fundraising event. That could be so cool. And, um, you know, let me, let me ask you, yeah, I'm going to, let me dig in here because again, I could read, you know, 30 comments here, but so many of them have similar threads. So as you talk about that and you're talking to me, an aspect of, do you have something to showcase? Are you doing something or is it just a concept? And when you come, when you have people come to your coaching organization and they've got that, they're talking about money. Of course, when you've got a concept so much harder to get, if, if it's funding, you're looking for to get funds for that. You got to have somebody that really believes in you as opposed to having something going, where would you guide people to what level of, you know, before, if you've got a concept, do you need to get it to X, Y, Z point before you go start trying to get support? Hey friends, a quick station break here. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this live Q&A session with Jennifer Allwood, author of Fear Is Not the Boss of You. Her answer here coming next regarding concept is significant for everyone looking at a startup business idea. So we'll get right back into it after I share some great products and services with you. So you need to go as quickly as possible from concept to actually naming the concept. Like if you really wanted addictions ranch, what would you call it? What would the name of your business be? Because here's what I tell people, we can have like these dreams and things in our brain, but when you actually name the thing, it, for some reason it shifts things. It shifts things on both a practical level here on earth and it shifts things in the heavenlies. Think about how, um, when, um, and I, I feel like we maybe even talked about this, Kevin, on your original podcast. Maybe I'm just having a weird deja vu moment. But when you're pregnant, not you personally, but when your wife was pregnant, when I've been pregnant three different times, um, there's something about giving the baby a name. Oh, yeah. That just like makes you be like, oh my gosh, it's coming true. Like, I can't believe I'm actually going to be a parent. This, this, you know, we've been talking about the baby. People are talking about their dreams. 
They're talking about, you know, this place that they hope to start one day. But when you name it, it's like um, a spiritual spike in the ground. It's like drawing a line in the sand. It's actually like putting legs on a dream. And, and giving it some clothing. So I would suggest if you have a concept of anything, whether it's a bakery, whether it's an addictions ranch, whether it's a, um, what else were we talking about here? We had uh, somebody else that wanted to do some sort of a ranch. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. And so name it, name it. That way when you're thinking about it and when you're talking about it, it, it actually like starts to feel more real. And the thing is, is like when it's actually starting to feel more real, your behaviors will actually kind of line up and come into alignment with that and start. And then you'll actually maybe be a little more inclined to start making a phone call to actually start like the business page once you name a thing. So I encourage everybody, whether it's a, you know, a suite like we're going to just sew face masks right now, or we're going to make baby blankets, or we're going to do a cupcake, you know, I want to have a cupcake store, whatever it is, like put a name to your dream, what you actually would want to call it, should it come to fruition. And it's interesting how when people will name something, how then they'll start taking these little baby steps. Because the naming it is actually the hardest part for some people, Kevin. Yeah. Because then it's also like it transitions from dream to now like actually putting some some reality to to some, you know, you're naming something. It could go from dream to actually something that could actually happen. So I suggest that person to go from concept to naming it. Well, I want to keep digging right there what you said, because it may, you know, I was going to ask earlier, I know there's so many people and, and, and people here that they would think of trying this like they'd be interested in and that's a far different we know that old terminology of you're going to dip your toe in the water or are you going to jump in and but and i get that and i'm a jump inner but i also know that some people they they don't want to they're not ready to make this a massive commitment and jump in but they are interested in trying and and getting started and seeing what may be there and there's relevance for that but then you know the difficulties with the span the tension between those two Mm -hmm. that can keep us from going forward so maybe just to, to comment on literally that that phrase of dipping your toe in versus jumping in because I have gotten to be a little more conscientious and and, and maybe compassionate to those who don't want it. They're not ready to make a massive jump in yet, Mm -hmm. but they are interested. They know there's something more um, and they want to be shown that a little bit. They want to get a little bit. They do want a little, a little testimony, a little example. So I think that there can be a middle ground. I think that versus dipping your toe in or jumping completely in, I think maybe you can go up to your calf (laughs) or maybe you can go up to your knee. Does that make sense? Because I'm wondering if just when you dip your toe, do you actually get an accurate read on the water temperature? Yeah. And I would argue that you don't. And so I think you have to go further than a toe. And so it doesn't necessarily mean if that person who wants to start an addictions rant says they have to quit their nine to five and, you know, completely swing all the way over to this. But it can mean going from concept to naming it going to find starting to seek some property, um, still making sure they're taking care of their day job so that yeah. they are able to, you know, have something to f- fall back on should you know what I mean? But I think yeah. it's, it's like con- continuing to okay, can we let's put our ankle in and how do we feel? Okay, we're still good to go. Um, let's go ahead and go all the way up to our middle calf. Now, how are we feeling? Okay, we're still doing okay. Let's go up to our knee. I think you can ratchet up like that with no issues at all. And I, a lot of times, I think that's actually wisdom, yeah. especially you know with times like they are right now, Kevin. But what I find is what happens the most of the time is people won't even dip their toe in. Yeah, people will just stare at the water. Yeah. That's what I find. And and from a spiritual perspective. 
and I write about this in Fear is Not the Boss of You, you'll get the most resistance in the very beginning. Because if you can get the most resistance in the very beginning and not actually start the thing that's going to bring healing and wholeness and wellness and freedom to people, if you can, if that can be started before, you know, the, the ranch even starts or the program even starts, um, you know, that's where it will always happen, I feel like, from a spiritual level is at the very beginning. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love the framework. I love naming something. I'm a knocker. I love to knock and just see "Eh, what's God going to open up. It's not a full out commitment always, but it's a, it's a, it's a, so biblical though. I think so too. I have like keys and um, I used to collect doorknobs (laughs) and I actually used to collect doors in our old house. Kevin, I had a wall of like four doors um, that I had hanging on the wall. It was so cool. Like one was like this blue crackle and stuff, but I love where it talks in scripture about, um, and this, and this is one thing that we could talk about is, you know, if you're a person of faith and you're thinking about starting this dream, ask God, cause it's biblical to open doors so wide that no man can shut them and shut doors so tight that no man can open them, which basically means this Lord, if I start down this path of trying to open something and I'm being a knucklehead and it's not for me, like make sure I get a no at every pass. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Lord, yes. if this is of you, make sure I get a yes and I get people coming alongside me and I get the funding I need. Like it's biblical to actually pray that and ask for that and believe it. Absolutely. And I'd put out there too, that if depending on where you are and your perspective, that you can also Mm -hmm. ask God through his wise and experienced people. Though I would put on their experience. Don't ask your uncle who's worked for a factory for 40 years about a self-employment idea. It's probably not the right person. (laughs) Here's, here's one though, Jennifer on the, I imagine that you have a lot of people you come into contact with, even people who join your coaching groups who don't have something specific, but they like the idea of going after something. So they're in the wondering stage. And and on that, let me read one here. Kendall, she says, uh, you know, my first answer was, God, I don't know. After sitting with this idea, uh, something came to me that I thought about with some passion. I was fortunate to have a chiropractor who treated me on and off for 17 years. I have seen him about once per quarter, if, if even that, but I always get relief and I am straighter. The thing I have watched is what he did and didn't do to me. It seemed to find, he seemed to find these sore spots, I'll call them. Then he would go to some pressure point, gently apply pressure for maybe 30 seconds. He did this multiple times. Uh, I called him my medicine man. I'm not in the field, but the thought of being able to release pain with the right touch and no snapping or popping was so exciting. I'm not chasing money. I would love to just be of service in a sector that's helped me. To me, it seems I would love to be a mechanism to assist in healing. How's that? So, so, um, so she wouldn't necessarily need to go to chiropractic school right off the bat, but why couldn't she go um, and, you know, work in a chiropractic office for a mm-hmm. while or just get kind of close. At one point, um, Kevin, I thought I wanted to be a respiratory therapist when I was going to college years ago. It seemed, I don't know why it seemed, it just sounded good to me. Respiratory therapist kind of sounded sexy. I'm like, yep, I think I want to do that. And I had somebody suggest to me, go do the rounds at a hospital with a respiratory therapist. And I'm like, okay. And we get into the first room that I was going to go into with this respiratory therapist. And, um, and the woman was having breathing issues and literally they had to get me a wheelchair. I started to pass out in the, on the first patient. And I'm so glad that I did that rather than going through four years of school and, you know, and finding out on the other side side of that. Oh, this was a bad mistake. So I would get, see what you can do to get in and closer in, in that particular like industry. Um, yeah. I liked though at the beginning that she was like, I don't even know yeah. what I would do or, and, and I wrote about that. It's either in chapter one or chapter two of my book, fear is not the boss of you about how I had a business coach ask me years ago, what is it that you want? Yeah. 
and how I freaked out when she asked me, like literally, because I'm like, I don't know, am I supposed to know what I want? What, what do you mean? What I want for dinner? What do I want for Christmas? Like, what do you mean? What is it that I want? And it, it occurred to me, I hadn't ever really sat down and thought about what I wanted, like for my life to look like, or what I wanted to feel like was my work here on this side of heaven, or what I wanted to like leave my children with. I, I just kind of was, um, what, you know, people sometimes call a dead man walking, like just going through the motions of sitting in a day job that I hated and, you know, getting a 401k match and hoping every year to get a tiny raise and another PDO. Like I just was kind of going through all the motions without even really ever asking myself, what is it that I actually want to do? And so I would really encourage her, whoever else is listening to dig deep on like, what lights your fire? What do you actually, what sometimes do you go to bed at night thinking about, or you wake up in the morning thinking about, like, I know I have, um, my husband's best friend, he, uh, he works at an assembly plant, but he's fascinated with like trees with like the kinds of trees. They like to go look at trees. I mean, he could tell you everything about trees and I'm always joking with him. What is it called? An arborarium? Is that what I was trying to think of it's an yeah, arborist or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like this. I'm always like, you should have a tree farm. Like, you know, more about trees than mm. the average Joe does. And he's fascinated with all that stuff. He knows, like he understands like funguses and things. Mm. And I'm like, that is really cool. He loves to talk trees. And so I would ask her what, you know, or anybody else, what is the thing that you love to talk about? What does you drive your family and friends nuts talking about? What is it that sometimes you go to bed? I don't necessarily know if it's trees for him, but what do you go to bed thinking about or could talk about all day and a lot of times people will say something to me and they'll say well like decorating and you know and that's just a pipe dream and i'm like well why is it a pipe dream there's a whole television channel called hgtv (laughs) based upon decorators i mean maybe you think that it's just a crazy dream because you don't know anybody that has a decorator or you don't you know but um but people so often will like kind of push off the fact that they could make money at the thing that they're really interested in and that's sad to me. Yes. Okay. You mentioned in regards to uh, what Kendall said there that, you know, does she need to literally be a chiropractor? I was going to dig into that, but actually the next question's re- relevant as well. So let me read it. Carmen, she says, when I was young, I wanted to go to seminary, but never even considered it because I would have been, it would have been nearly impossible for me as a woman to get a job in that field in those days, at least in the kinds of churches I hung out in. Now I wish I had $50,000 so I could get the education without the math needing to work out as in no need to ever go work for a church after school uh, because I want to know the stuff and I'd be happy with being a preacher for my vocation, but I don't ever want to work for a church. Funny, I am so much an entrepreneur that it's challenging even to consider spending that kind of money with no expectation of return on the investment. So uh, again, this this piece of, yeah, of, of, you know, being interested in the area, but we see one role or one possibility in it. Yeah. Well, the internet has changed everything for everyone. And so um, somebody told me recently, they're like, Jennifer, so what is it that you actually do? Because you're kind of like a cross between Beth Moore and Martha Stewart. <laughs> Beautiful. How fun is that? <laughs> Beth Moore and Martha Stewart. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so here's, and here's what I know. When I really started talking about more faith type of stuff in my business years ago, I actually went to my pastor and I said, do I need to like get like a theology degree? Because I don't even know what I'm talking about. And, um, and he was like, no. And, and, and I don't even remember exactly what the conversation was, but here's what I know to be true. God doesn't only use the, you know, pastors and priests and, and things for teaching. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways that you can teach people now where you don't have to have a theological degree. I mean, if that's a desire of your heart and you want to get one, then by all means do. But if it's just more of a, I should do this. 
or if it's more of a, I should do this in order for people to take me seriously. And by the way, that's ego speaking. Then, then I would really rethink that because God can use you, um, as an entrepreneur. I mean, when I think about, um, I, I would not want to work in a church and I don't have any theology experience. And sometimes that freaks me out, especially like reading or writing my book, Kevin, because I was like, I want to get it so right yeah. because I'm not a pastor. And if I, and it feels big to like, you know, want to make sure that my theology is on point and it causes me to get my Bible and dig deep, but she can be as absolutely effective out in the marketplace as what she can inside the four walls of a church. Nothing against the local church because we're called to gather there. And I love my local church, yeah. but if she's an entrepreneur, please quit thinking that God is separating, you know, the two, because, um, I think that we need to, uh, if she's never read the book, is it called the seven mountain, seven mountain prophecies? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Um, can I Google it real quick? Is that, po- is it possible to be live and Google at the same time? Yeah, I do it seven all the time. So basically in the Bible, God talks about seven mountains of influence. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Seven mountains of influence book. Um, and, um, you know, there's entertainment, there's, um, education system, there's, um, uh, let's see, government, there's media arts, like God puts people on all of those seven mountains and you can see it all over in scripture. And so I would encourage her to really look at what mountain she feels like she's being called to that. She's supposed to be bringing in, um, faith to that mountain where maybe traditionally there hasn't been. Is that Francis Schaefer? Is that the one you're talking about? Um, let me see. It is a seven mountain prophecy by Johnny Enlow. Johnny Enlow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Um, okay. Hey, here's, uh, well, actually, no, I had a question or or I wanted to ask you on that. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, you know, schooling and there's a lot of people that talked about what they would do with schooling. So you're talking about degrees, you're talking about licenses, you're talking about those types of things. As an entrepreneur, I seldom, I tend to fall on the side of seldom seeing the need for that. You know, if you've got the ability and the acumen, then yep. go do it. You don't need that. Now, right. over here, now, if you don't know it and you need to get the education, you need to get some knowledge, you need to do that somewhere is, you know, where's the best place to get that? But then I wanted to ask it in reference to the people who are doing it or are concerned about just their own feelings of credibility in and of right. themselves and feel and honestly, my wife has, has dealt with that. It, she works in cognitive training and some things and most of her peers have a PhD. So she started down that road ultimately to realize she really didn't have a desire to do that. She just felt like she needed should. to, it should, she should for the credibility for the peers. And, uh, so I know it's a very real struggle, even though it's one that I tend to go on that you don't need that, but you know, some people are going to deal with that. You don't, you know, um, so going back to the Beth Moore meets Martha Stewart thing, yeah. um, I love Joanna Gaines and the Fixer Upper Show. Yeah. Joanna is one of the most respected designers in all of America. Um, their family is absolutely beloved, and she doesn't have a design degree at all. Wow. And and so I think that we um, we put pressure on ourselves to have sometimes letters behind our name. Yeah. And I don't know that God cares one single iota, and I don't know that most people care one single iota now the the times when i think that that does matter is if you're giving you know in in terms of needing to protect yourself um in terms of medical advice you know those sorts of things you have to use a lot of wisdom there but um but i mean i would rather hire people that have experience than letters behind their name any single day of the week i would rather hire people that come highly recommended than people that come um you know highly accredited or whatever it would be and so I think it really depends on the industry. I remember one time um, when I used to own a decorative painting company in Kansas City, Kevin, I went to visit a client one time 
and she was really questioning me on my pricing. And she said, you're way more expensive than all the people from the Art Institute that I've had out here to give me estimates. And I'm like, well, then hire the people from the Art Institute. Like, <laughs> I, How can I argue with Art Institute people? Yeah. You know, but I mean, if, if what you want is for somebody to have a degree, like I can't argue with that. I don't have a degree in art, but I guarantee you my work is equally as good in a different way. And so yeah. um, if people get hung up on that, you have to remember that's your deal and not theirs. Um, but I'm constantly asking God to make me like supernaturally smarter than I am in this mm-hmm. area of like business coaching. Um, and I don't have a business degree. I have a degree in computer-based information systems that yeah. I can barely, I did software development. And how am I coaching 2000 women a month on small businesses? I, I'm not trained in this, but I have, but I've had a small business for 20 years and therefore I am trained. So Yes, you are. All right, I'm gonna, uh, last one here. and I'm gonna hand feed one right up your alley. You ready? Sophia, oh, she says, I could go full-time with my coaching business tomorrow. I envision an online brand that empowers women by helping them create the life they want using the choose to win, the Ziggler choose to win material. Uh, I have a vision of an international online community where we break the molds of the stories we have been handed and start a new script. Currently, I am able to put about five hours a week into my business. Being able to put a full-time effort into launching would not only be life-changing for me, but for so many women who just need someone to come alongside them. So what's stopping her, I wonder? If she's got five hours a week right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would challenge that, first of all. I figured you would. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have more time than that. I built my business when the three babies were at home. And for a while, I was doing multi-six figures a year with, you know, three kiddos under the age of six at home. And, um, and, you know, working nap times and after they went to bed at night and getting up sometimes before them in the morning. Um, and so I would really challenge the five hours a week. My guess is it's not time. It's the fear of putting it out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we'll use time as um, as the, you know, the self-protection device. Um, and because time, I mean, there's never a good time is the thing. Time is always the thing that we all wish that we had more of. And so I encourage you to start right now with what you've got, because my guess is on the five hours a week, which I'm guessing she could probably stretch that to 10, that she could put something out into the world and she could get a couple of clients and those couple of clients would tell a couple of their friends and then she'd have double the clients and then see what keeps happening with that. But I wouldn't wait until there's not going to be a time in her life probably where all of a sudden time just opens up and it's like, hallelujah, now you have time to build the dream because that never seems to happen. There's always something like pressing for our attention. So I encourage her to start today with what she's got. If you only really have five hours, that wouldn't start with that. If you can inch that up, like if you can do this much work in five hours, what could you actually do in 10? And maybe look at your life and figure out, okay, what could I give up so I could stretch that five into 10? Is it, you know, my favorite Netflix series? Is it, um, you know, uh, who only knows what it is, but if there's areas where you can take some time and, and add on to that five hours, I encourage her to get started with it like yesterday mm-hmm. and see what you can do with five hours a week. Well, and only, yeah. go, go ahead. I was going to say what I would recommend is that she go join your creator's inner circle. Well, not hey, thanks for that. Well, but, but literally not. And I, and I want her to hear this and everybody else too. Sometimes when we have these offerings, like what Jennifer does with her coaching group, that we go in there to think, okay, I'm going to go in there as a student. Also, especially when it's an alignment like this, go in there as an auditor and model, see how you're doing your business. It's very similar to how she would be doing in hers and this go in is, there. Let me tell you though, something yeah. I tell everybody that comes in my coaching group, Kevin, because I think this will be beneficial for every single person listening. 
Um, here's what I tell people about my coaching group. You can come in and there's so much content. I give you like a training every single week. I audit people's websites or Facebook pages. I do live Q and A's. We bring in guests every month, but I don't want you just staying in my group learning because what's actually going to make a difference in your life, which actually is going to change things for your family and for generations to come is you learn something in my group and you go out and do it. What's interesting to me is people have been in my group for years. We've had this group for four years and they're still dreaming and they're still dreaming and they're still thinking and they're still wondering and they're still weighing things out and they're still making the pros and the cons list. And I'm like, sister, it has been long enough. You thinking about this, it's time yeah. for, you know, the rubber has to meet the road at yeah. some point, like start it. Yeah. When, when we get to heaven, our hope is that God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not good intentions. <laughs> you know, it's well done. And well done means something has to be done. You have to actually yeah. do. And so I encourage her to start with those five hours to start and see what happens. And multiplication can happen really quickly. Things can catch fire and things can, can build really fast. And so I really encourage her to start where she is with what she's got and see what happens. Well, I think that relates to everybody. Start where you are and with what you've got. And folks, if you want to read, there was a ton of responses to this. Thanks for everybody who responded. It's April 14th, 2020. If you want to go to my page and read down through those, it's really encouraging. But Jennifer, thank you. This is just what I hope for. Just some live coaching on WhatsApp. Thanks for being back with us again. And it's just an honor to bring you to the audience. I love it. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me here. Well, friends, just a great coaching session with Jennifer Allwood. Again, you're invited to check out her coaching organization at Creators innercircle.com. And her book, of course, Fear is Not the Boss of You is available wherever you get your books and it is selling uh, in, a, in a massive way. Coming up in episode 779, asking God if this is your assignment. I, you know, personally, I want to figure out what is healthiest, best, right, and true. And just, you know, simply to do that over and over and again, simple, black and white, But, you know, alas, the world, humanity, and circumstances don't often play along with these rules. Often we must discern what is best in one particular moment uh, and the next, and it may require opposite responses, even though the circumstances are very similar. Well, in episode 777, I brought you master sculptor Scott Stearman and a very deep discussion on faith and our influence to the world. His new book is titled, What Does Your Jesus Look Like? And we discussed influence overall and what perspective we are all painting with our lives. Well, this is our habits episode. And in the spiritual spoke, Scott shares a perspective and actually some examples of seeking God's will in specific circumstances and how he has learned to find peace in the moment by moment discernment. It's really a big and significant paradigm changing concept. Uh, You can find Scott at scottsteerman.com, but you're going to get to know him even more. And I think be really intrigued by what he shares in this upcoming episode till then folks. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.